Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast, stories from the people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. I'm your host, Ben Getz. Now, I want you to think about where your food comes from, and this is obviously something that we've all become more conscious of in the recent past, and the availability of local food is definitely rising. But we have a long way to go, everybody. And urban agriculture may not seem like something that you should be too familiar with, but let me throw some really cool statistics your way first. Did you know that there are over 300 community gardens and about 50 farms within the five-county region that make up Metro Atlanta? It's pretty staggering, right? And now the big thing to call out here isn't the focus on eating local or even eating healthy. It's really about reconnecting with the land and realizing that robust food systems can live right next to Midtown or Downtown or East Point or Sandy Springs. And that's why I want you to meet Kim Karras. She's the executive director of Foodwell Alliance. And the mission of Foodwell Alliance is to build a network of local leaders and growers and communities on a united front to build and bolster a local food system. And they do this in three different ways, by mobilizing capital and facilitating great collaboration and promoting innovation. And their mission here in Atlanta is absolutely critical as we're one of the fastest growing regions in the country. And Kim and I caught up at the FWA HQ over on the west side, and she's been a part of things since the very beginning, and she has a really, really awesome story to tell. So here she is, Ms. Kim Karras, Executive Director of Foodwell Alliance. Enjoy. Kim Karras from Foodwell Alliance. Welcome to the Atlanta Foodcast. Thank you so much. It's an honor. (laughs) And even though we are enclosed in six planes, four walls, it is a beautiful day outside. It's gorgeous. Which I thought would be worth mentioning. We we have extraordinarily beautiful weather today on the 24th of April. Considering a couple days ago we were you know trees were falling down because of the storms and, yeah. the, and the water it was um it was weird you know like when uh, they they send out these emergency messages and everyone's phone goes off all at yes. the same time i think we were <laughs> i think we were <laughs> we were walking somewhere it was indoors obviously but uh, i was like the flash flood warning and everyone's phone starts oh, yeah. just like um it's amazing yeah so and then you know the next day is just, it's breezy but you know not a cloud in the sky I know. 72 degrees that's why atlanta is so yeah. confusing and yeah. amazing i know i think some <laughs> some people have a love-hate relationship with atlanta and uh they they think that they really love atlanta and then we have really bad weather for like 13 days straight and yeah. then it's the most beautiful stunning weather right. that you've ever experienced and, you, and like oh my gosh i love living in the south right you forget yeah. it all mm-hmm. you do <laughs> so um but you know it's nice to remember the nice days too so um but we're gonna get to know you a little bit kim um i say we it's just me over here i say we a lot you know i get i get a lot of heat for that where multiple, multiple versions of yourself i know and i say i say we i think i guess it just makes people feel more comfortable but i just try and say it's we it's not just me you hammering away yeah at a computer and you know freakishly turning your audio into some sort of podcast thing but anyway we're gonna get to know you a little bit i'm just gonna keep with it but um i want to get to know you your story um and hear all of the great things that you guys are doing here at Foodwell. um because i actually honestly i just recently within the past few months really learned about what your guys initiatives are and um i mean we are a stone's throw from the west side of That's downtown right. and midtown and um, right. i mean pretty much just a shot off of north avenue so um, but you're going to get the first question that everybody gets okay. on the show. You have to tell me who cooked for you growing up yeah. and what kind of cook was he or she? Yeah. 
I love this question because mine, I think, is a little different. So I, I was raised by my father. He was a single dad. And so uh, an idea of a really important or good meal was like him opening up the biscuits and then like coming out of the, the container and, and he would bake the biscuits and that was basically all he could do. And Were maybe, you the one who wanted to oh, do yeah. it? Because oh, it, yeah. it, it always kind of scared you. It's amazing. It's it, amazing. Like, you twist it and it's yeah. like, pop. So that was, that was, you know, if I think of a food memory, that's one of them on a Sunday morning with my dad, just he and I, um, and then there's like, you know, microwaved macaroni and things like that. Like that was all he could do. And he did really well at it. I mean, he, he put it on the plate. It was, it was really, um, you know, it was fun. But, you know, when I think about it as an adult, it's like, wow, I really didn't have uh, a really a culinary or food experience growing up. I grew up in Miami, though. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. I'm from Florida as well. Really? Yes. I grew up in Orlando. Okay. In the Burbs, okay. In Altamont Springs. So All right. Shout I'm, out to Florida. Yes. And that's another place that you yeah. might love it or you might hate it. Well, I left when I was 18, but gotcha. to come here to Atlanta. But you know what was so incredible? Even though home life was pretty basic with my dad, who did a great job, by the way. Um, you know, I was surrounded by such culture and such food cuisine. I mean, um, later on in my life, my dad got remarried and she was, her family was from Cuba. And for the first time I was able to connect to, um, how deep of a connection food could be for culture, but for a family and for the experience. And so I think that's probably where my turning point was, was, you know, gosh, there's a whole, um, culture, cultural connection to food that I probably didn't have at home. And I think it probably sent me searching for some connection to to where my food came from. I ended up traveling um, to Central America, um, had an opportunity to volunteer. I don't know if you've heard of WOOF, but Worldwide Opportunities for Organic Farming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so ended up, you know, first going to Hawaii and and later uh, to Southern Mexico and Guatemala, Guatemala, Nicaragua. And for the first time, you know, I think I was searching for some sort of connection to where my food came from and then was able to meet and live with agricultural communities for the first time. And it was like the big life changing experience that certainly has, you know, kept with me for for so long. Yeah. And I want to get into your life of travel here in just a minute. But uh, spending just a minute talking about food in Miami. Yeah. Um, It's it's so hard because. Miami is a place where when I'm there, it's not where I want to be. But then when you sit down for a meal, you're like, goodness gracious, I really love being here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, th- I don't think people realize how hard and difficult it is to actually live it's, in Miami. It's an incredibly difficult place just to just to visit, let alone drive through. Like you're just trying to go to like make it to homestead so you can go to the Keys. Like that's what I grew up doing was yeah. just getting through Miami. It's like the it's like the 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 fresh breath of air that you've been waiting for once you're like past south miami you're like oh good oh thank you yeah, yeah but all the tolls and yeah. the traffic but if you if you you know step out of your car and you're going to have cuban food oh um i didn't appreciate that yeah. until later how amazing yeah a little cafecito and a pastelito de mm-hmm. in, with guava and you know all these little things I took for granted because they were all everywhere in Miami. Pastry is the best part. Oh, the pa- I mean, oh. it, it's just my opinion, but goodness mm. gracious, it's, it's so good. It's the hook for so sure. So good, and and um, you know, rice and beans and mojo, and, and it was just everything was so flavorful. Certainly, nothing that I grew up with, and so it was definitely um, something I took for granted when I when I left. That's the one thing that I crave. 
when I come back to Miami, it's really not, you know, for family's good, but the mm. food is really the best part. Yeah. There's some sort of magic of Cuban black beans oh, that goodness. you you just cannot Mm-mm. recreate as try as you may. Mm-hmm. And you're like, it's four ingredients, but I can't I get it to work. I know. Like I just can't get it to work. But, um, but yeah, that's, um, I think that's a, uh, that is a cuisine built on pure romance yes. and an understanding of the melding of flavors that make people gravitate towards food. Yes. And it's, the people too. I mean, oh yeah, they're charismatic. just so beautiful, yeah. and and it's and to some degree it's simple food, but it's so flavorful and it's representative of the people and yeah. um, yuca and and platano. I mean, and, and just Cuban bread. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. As a as a bread baker myself, Cuban bread is um, extremely difficult to recreate in a home kitchen. But when you find, I mean, because there's a few bakeries here in Atlanta that do it so well, mm. you know, and then growing up in Florida, there was always like the little La Placita like yes. on the corner. And, yes. Uh, some of my best friends growing up were from the Dominican Republic. And um, it was just like the staple that they would have, yep. you know, there would be like plantains yes. and then yuca and always oh, like so garlicky, oh. crazy, like garlic and onions. Garlic. And, um, but like everything, I think you just can kind of load it on the Cuban bread and it's ne- oh nothing tastes bad. Like the com- it can be salty, savory, sweet. And then you just combine everything together yes. and you throw it on Cuban bread and it, it tastes great. Yes. There's no bad combination. I mean, what's cool is that I ended up being a vegetarian later in life and I can still eat black beans and rice and plantains for every meal yeah. if I had to. It is so good. Yeah. I think it's actually, sometimes it's really good, maybe even better for breakfast. Oh, for sure. You know, this is funny because this is actually the transition. I, the whole podcast is going to be about Cuban cuisine from now on. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to talk to everyone about. It's like, hey, I know that you wanted to share your story, but we're going to do 45 minutes on Cuban food. Surprise. Mm. Um, But tell me about, uh, so you leave Miami and you, uh, I mean, I've read about part of your story, but you spent a lot of time around the world. Mm. Tell Mm -hmm. me about it. You know, sometimes I try to figure out where that jump happened intellectually or spiritually or just in my personal life of where I was really craving a connection to nature and a connection to the land. And maybe because Miami was so metropolitan and so urban, um, I ended up coming to Atlanta to go to Agnes Scott. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And when I came, it was just the perfect time in my life where Atlanta was, you know, um, you know, it was a city, it was certainly urban, but there was space to create. There was space to, if you were an artist, you could be. If you were a musician, you could be. If you were an entrepreneur, you could be. And so that really appealed to me, and I got to sort of express my creativity and my identity a little bit um, more freely, I think I, I was able to do in Miami. And being at Agnes Scott, I mean, I was learning so much about social justice and environmental justice, and certainly about gender and women's rights, and I was so fascinated. and with where does the environment kind of fit in to all of that and I guess that got me searching for my own connection um, because I had grown up in such a you know bustling city and that uh, that led me to travel I was like you know what I want to go work on farms or I want to go have this experience you know out in nature and that like I said earlier, I mean, it started out in Hawaii because I knew I could speak English. And so I... <laughs> it's a safe place. I, yeah, there was a safe place. You know, I think <laughs> it was like 20. And um, 
and was able to work on a couple of organic farms there um, on Maui and then on the Big Island. And I lived with a Hawaiian family. And that's where, I mean, everything started to come together. It's like, oh, I could grow this food. I could put my hands in the soil. I know where this food is coming from. I see the the cultural sort of heritage that, that comes through the seeds and um, brought that back uh, with me and um, based in Atlanta again and then kind of launched again th- to, sa- to Central America, so where I spent the majority of my time working on farms. Um, it was life-changing. It, it really is why I'm doing the work here today. Um, but it was the connections and fascinating how many people travel. Um, that was a, a really um, big learning and people kind of craving that same thing. How do I kind of remove myself from my everyday and um, find opportunities to reconnect to the land. And so I learned um, so much about permaculture and about um, food sovereignty and food justice and um, the sort of the mobilizing effect, particularly in Latin American countries, that food has, because this is their life. This is their life means. Um, And it's different here. We're so separated from that. Um, Corn, for example, is, is so sacred. To the, to the Mayan communities, to, to Central Americans, and um, they'll fight for it, and they, and they have. And there's been, you know, there's so much political history around just the, the desire to protect, you know, their sacred corn or their, their, their heritage. And so that, I guess I was seeking in my own life, and I found it mm. um, through those travels. Yeah. What's a, what's a food memory that stands out from your travels? Oh my goodness. Well, I learned how to make tortilla. Oh, and man. yeah, and and that was really and really really special cuz it's not that hard, but there's an art to it. Yeah. And um I remember being in Nicaragua and um I was working on a farm and it was called Pro- Project Bonafide or Bonafide and it was on Ometepe, which is this island in the middle of Nicaragua. And there's a there's a lake, giant lake. It's as feels like an ocean. Um, and there's an island in the middle. And they're so uh, removed from, you know, grocery stores or hospitals or all sorts of things. And I lived on this farm that were, was really studying, um, uh, you know, how to have resilient crops in in the face of different weather situations and climate situations. And I was living with this community in this Nicaraguan woman who was our sort of our caretaker and chef at the farm and she's like you know what for your birthday I remember this it was my birthday and I had no one there um and she's like I'm gonna teach you how to make tortilla and I sat there in her house and and we made fresh you know ground the corn the oh, whole man. nine yards it was amazing wow. and I still can do that now but I do purchase the mice yeah yeah <laughs> well I mean it's it is a it is a process of like you know nixtamalizing your corn and yes you know is it uh is it is it something you want to do every day? I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's not at all the same. But like, if I want to bake sourdough bread, mm. it's it's more of an event. It's yeah. like I have brought my starter up and it's ready, and I gotta ferment this dough for like you know. I mean, I go kind of you know a little overboard, but it's like this needs <laughs> over. This needs a you know ferment for like seventy two hours, and um, so it's not always something that you want to like dive into. But if you've ever if you if you're interested and you've right. never made tortilla like oh my gosh I know. but then the the product that comes out like after you've actually pressed it and then it goes on a hot griddle and you just eat it either by itself or maybe just sprinkle a little bit of salt on yes, it yes it is nothing 
like what you know tortilla to be we my partner and i we don't buy tortilla we we always make tortilla. now we don't ground the corn ourselves or grow the corn ourselves but, that's right yeah someone but, can do that but for you. we it's kind of stayed with me like we don't if we're making tacos which we typically do on tuesdays yes nice. we do right. um, putting that on my calendar <laughs> right now we're we're making uh we're making homemade tortilla it's awesome yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's worth the investment and in, like getting the right tortilla press and yes. um yeah it, it sets it apart so um but man Talk about a, a life of, of experiencing the world, especially through what comes out of the earth and what better place for you to be now than, or well, you've been here since the beginning, obviously. Since the beginning of time. Since the beginning of time. It's been <laughs> 85,000, I don't even know, whatever. Are we talking young earth or I don't know. Are we talking about food wall? Yeah. Oh, the, the beginning this, of food wall. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, we're okay. talking about the beginning of time. So <laughs> it's another surprise. We were going to do Cuban food. Now we're just going to do the timeline of the earth instead. So just keep throwing curveballs here <laughs> I love on it. the podcast. But, um, but no, so tell me how you got involved with Foodwell Alliance. And then I want to transition and like, you know, tell me all about the organization. Sure. So um, so I, I lived in Central America in two different stints. One was a two-year um, sort of uh, backpacking tour uh, of farms and living in, in different communities. And then the second stint I did was um, a master's program with the University for Peace, which is the United Nations um, International School. And the reason why it's in Costa Rica is because it's the only country without, a, without an army in the world. And so they had this little international graduate program, and, and I studied sustainable food systems there. Um, and this is after working for a large NGO, um, really working in developing countries with older farmers or aging farmers mm. and, and um, supporting them in their role and protecting their land against climate change and things like that. And so had a lot of background in development and fundraising and working for a large um, nonprofit international development organization and then finished this program in Costa Rica. And you know, I had always imagined myself working in Latin America. I really did. Not only coming from Miami, my stepmother was Cuban. You know, had this sort of identity, studied and lived in in, in Central America. And so, um, when I finished the program, I, I sort of had an existential existential crisis. I was like, you know, they don't really need me. I mean, these groups are great, and and some of the work that you know partnerships are able to create is awesome, but what's happening in Atlanta? Like what's happening with my own food system? And so when I finished school, I sort of came back to Atlanta searching for that, um, you know, that connection. And I realized that there was sort of this nascent food movement. Um, it was certainly picking up. It was around 2014. And by that time, you know, you saw a lot more gardens, a lot more farmers markets, a lot more urban farms. Um, and that was happening, you know, while I was at Agnes Scott, but it was really getting to a peak um, when I came back in 2014. Mm. And um, it was right about that time when um, this I heard about a new organization starting called Foodwell Alliance, and it was going to be a, you know, sort of a container or a convener of all of the many organizations working across Metro Atlanta, you know, working with food. And it was a new startup organization. So there was no website. There was no real mission statement. There was, you know, it was brand new. And um, the the hook for me was that it was being incubated at the Atlanta Community Food Bank, mm. right? And so yeah. such a long legacy of 
work here in Atlanta around food and hunger and food insecurity. And I thought, wow, what a what an amazing story to sort of transition into solutions like urban agriculture. Yeah. And um, so joined the team, the founding team in 2015 with Bill Bowling, um, who's also the founder of the food bank. Mm. And um, one of the roles we had was uh, being able to re-grant funds from the James M. Cox Foundation. So the Cox Foundation is the family foundation of Cox Enterprises. They have been so instrumental in sort of the creating this more of a built environment for Atlanta. So like the path, they were the the the, the sort of innovators and the visionaries for that first path that we have um, around Atlanta. And then is are one of the largest funders for the Beltline as well. Yeah. And they saw food as a way to connect people as well. Just like the path, you know, how does spaces uh, for for growing food connect people to each other? Right. And that's where. Um, you know, we were able to partner with the foundation and say, how do we re-grant funds from the foundation into farms, into gardens? How do we incubate um, entrepreneurs around food? And that's really how we got started. So I came on to manage the the grant making program and we were able to, I mean, to date, we've granted over three and a half million dollars into over 150 organizations. So it's been um, incredible and such a blessing and privilege to be able to actually be on the ground, seeing what are the greatest challenges facing people who are growing food in the city, and what are the greatest opportunities, and how can financial capital sort of um, be leveraged and be a catalyst for for more work and more impact. Yeah, and especially from an outsider's perspective, um, if you don't know much about Atlanta or even the state of Georgia, how much I I typically see this, I mean, especially through the lens of other people working in the food industry of running a restaurant or working for an organization that is perpetuating the movement of what, what is food? Where does it come from? How does it make its way to your plate? And, um, but being such an agriculture forward state and hearing people's stories of that was so much of what they wanted to, to bring to people, whether it's education or, you know, working with a specific farm or, you know, network of farmers and like, how do we bring that more to you as the consumer? Not necessarily just like, okay, we're a restaurant, you're a farmer. And, you know, how, how do we bring this more to you as the person that's, you know, walking through the threshold of our front door just as a diner? Like, right. how, how do you make that more real to people? That That's still like a really big fight that I, that I think people don't, you might not grasp a lot. It's just not really, um, it's not the first thing that really comes to mind as someone like walks through a restaurant, but or the front door of a restaurant. But, um, but I feel like it's, it's still, it's still something that is, um, is becoming more readily available in a good way. Yeah. And I think there's been sort of evolutions, beautiful evolutions of the food movement that have been really important in time. Um, you know, I think at this stage, it's more than just the ingredient on the plate. I mean, that's the work of Foodwell Alliance. We've become, whether you're making $17,000 or $70,000, we're still all disconnected from where our food comes from as city dwellers. So Metro Atlanta is one of the fastest growing regions in the country. We see it no matter, I live in Decatur, you know, whether you live in Decatur or Old Fourth Ward or Lawrenceville or South Fulton, East Point, I mean, our cities are changing, I mean, rapidly, and um, it's a it's a great thing, but I think it puts more pressure on these spaces to grow food. And why is that important? Well, it's not enough to say we need to eat healthy or even eat local. 
how do we reconnect to the land? How do we reconnect to where our food is coming from and to the people who grow it? And so what I would argue is, yeah, you know, we have over 300 community gardens and about 50 or so urban farms in sort of our five-county metro region. And yes, they're growing lots of hyper-local, beautiful, nutritious food, but there's spaces where consciousness is raised and um, where education is happening and I think, and community is being built. And I think that's just as powerful as the food coming off the, out of the ground. And I think that's the message we're trying to share at Food Wall Alliance. It's that, you know, the farmers are the educators. They're, they're the environmental stewards. They are the, you know, the wisdom keepers and the, you know, they make the neighborhood safe. And, um, and so that's really our sort of our message, but also our strategy, because a lot of people say, well, you know, urban agriculture can't feed the city. No, it can't actually. But that's that's only one side of this the story. There, if we lived in a city without spaces uh, where food is grown, whether it's an orchard or an edible garden or you know a community garden or a school farm, or you know if we didn't have those spaces, we'd be freaked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we 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 would not know or appreciate the ingredients on the table. We wouldn't. Um, you know, understand its value and the soil it was grown in and, and things like that. And so um, it's been really powerful to see this movement grow. I'm so grateful to be a part of the part of the community. Um, and I think Food Wall Alliance is sort of an amplifier of 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 the people who are doing this work because they're they're, you know, trying to make ends meet. It's not easy to grow food, particularly in the city. Yeah. And so how do we get their story out and also reframe their value? And it's not just economic, it's, it's, um, it's health, it's environmental, and it's about community too. Yeah. Um, tell me about just from, from the perspective of, of you and Foodwell, what is the Atlanta local food ecosystem? What does it look like from like looking from the outside in? Yeah. So, you know, our vantage point is five counties, Fulton, DeKalb, Cobb, Clayton, and Gwinnett County. It's a ton of area. <laughs> it's a ton of area, and it's the most populous counties in the state. So the majority of the people in the state live in those five counties. So yeah. put that into perspective. In those five counties, like I said, there's 300 community gardens that, that we know of, and that there's 50 or so urban farms. And this is from our baseline data that we um, put together in 2017. So we're constantly iterating that. But it's it's pretty expansive compared to other cities we're doing well um there's a lot of gosh there's tons there's over 300 school gardens so there's a lot of people there's a lot of urban agriculture activities um we have a farmer's market almost every day of the week now that wasn't the case you know i know five or six years ago morningside was the only place to go find a farmer's market now you can find one really almost every day of the week which is a testament to the demand, but it's also to the people who are growing the food as well. Mm-hmm. And I would say that there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. You know, um, it, it's not just only about um, making the the tomatoes into the salsa um, and and producing a value added product, but it's also about thinking about um, resources for gardens and farms. So there's now food enterprises that are thinking about. Okay, how do we provide legal services to urban farmers who want to own their land in the middle of a neighborhood? How do we engage the city? Um, which, by the way, the city of Atlanta has a director of urban ag, which is un- almost unheard of. We're one of the very few cities. Wow. Yeah. So uh, Mario Cambardella, d- our director of urban ag at the city of Atlanta, you know, has done wonders in sort of 
re uh, reimagining how city-owned land can be used yeah. to grow food. Let's get him on the show. I know. You and he's, Mario. And, he's fun. Yeah. He's fun. Yeah. I, I'll just press record and then you guys just go oh for it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You would. You guys would totally take off. Yeah. Um, That's so cool. It is so cool. And I think there's a lot going on, not just in the city of Atlanta, but in the five-county region. Um, but we are up against development. And we are also, you know, I think the community at large, consumers at large really think there is a lack of awareness of how hard it is to grow food and how important um, healthy soil is to the food and how, you know, um, protecting these spaces and preserving land for urban agriculture. You know, so we're trying to raise awareness as well. And I think the city of Atlanta has definitely been a leader in that space. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool. I mean, you know, going back to, um, to farmers markets and yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, for, for the, for, for someone who might not want to do the research or just maybe being on the side of uninitiated, it, like what is a farmer's market? What does it mean for a farmer to work with a restaurant? Like things like farm to table, like having hollow value is mm-hmm. really hard to fight. You know, like what is a farmer's market for someone who does not buy produce or something that is grown and rested from the earth, like from an actual farmer who's standing at a farmer's market. You know, it's um, having more than one and mm-hmm. on multiple days of yeah. the week, not just Saturday, not just Sunday. Right. It's not this sacred thing where, right. you know, it's a pilgrimage. It's it's more about having it readily available. I mean, you mentioned Morningside. We went to Pond City yesterday. Mm-hmm. We'll go to Freedom on Saturday. Um, there's, I mean, still have Peachtree now. Like there's ones all around the Beltline. Like, you know, any way that you want to walk, like whichever direction, you know, north, Absolutely. south, east, or west, and yeah. you know, different pockets of of neighborhoods. And I love seeing that there's ones in South Atlanta, and yeah. um, it's um, it's it's really interesting to see how much more there is in in such a short span of time. Like mm-hmm. when we moved here in uh, twenty um, twenty thirteen, um, the only one that I really knew of was really. Uh, Grant Peach, Park, yeah, Grant Park or Peachtree yeah, Road, yeah, because yeah. yeah. those are the right. only two that I that I really actually knew that had like footprint of where you can go and there's a website. Sure, right. <laughs> here's who's gonna be here, you know. Right. Um, and just to see how much the you know the the layers of communication has kind of shrunk, you know, it's like there's a farmers market and here's where it is and who's gonna be here. And um, so I mean, I think you still have to dig for it a little bit, but um, but just seeing how much that has grown in such a, I mean, what six years. It's amazing. It is. It is amazing. And I think that, um, you know, we're kind of, it's like our new community hub. I mean, the farmer's market is a place, right, to hang out. I mean, it's it's a place to go, you know, bring your dog and um, bring your family or your friends. I just and, bring my kids. Yeah, bring your kids. <laughs> bring my pet kids. Yeah. And, and, and I think, um, we're, again, it goes back to the separation. I don't want to get into the whole sort of commercial industrial food system, but it has by design separated us from where our food comes from. And mm-hmm. so that's why farmers markets and urban agriculture is such a radical act yeah. because it's reconnecting us to where our food comes from, which only means that we're going to want and demand and need more quality transparency, you know, in our food system. And so the farmers markets, yeah, there's, there's farmers, there's food makers, you can get coffee now, you can, you know, there's mm-hmm. flowers. It's just a, it's a communal space. Um, and they're, you know, for small urban farmers, it's really their only, you know, line of um, 
market. I mean, it's it's their revenue stream, and it's important for us to to go out and support them. And then you get to meet them. Yeah. And they're so charismatic, and they're so unique and fun, and they have stories about you know accidents and failures and successes and um and how difficult you know depending on the weather it was to grow that food and you get to learn all of all of that i would say the one thing that makes atlanta different than other cities like chicago or boston or la who have really robust um food movements is that i think atlanta because we're in the south and because we have such a history of agriculture that hasn't been positive that what what's really happening in our community and our movement our quote-unquote food movement is really about justice it's about resistance and, and reclaiming you know the food and the spaces to grow that food and what i mean by that is the farmers markets i think it was awesome that we saw so many pop up and that they're so available but now mm-hmm. i think the work is how do we make them accessible to everyone mm. how do we make sure that they're affordable to everyone the most nutritious food in our community can't be you know, available to only those who could afford it, right? And so so that's really amazing work. Organizations like Wholesome Wave who are doubling SNAP um, dollars at farmers markets are just one of the examples of how we're trying to make sure this is an equitable food movement mm-hmm. and not just for people that look like us. Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, you know, one, one of the other things I wanted to, to make sure that we could touch on is, you know, what, what people may not know that, local truly means and the work that you guys at Foodwell are perpetuating like what's that main message to to someone that you would hope would educate someone who would benefit from local food system and also from someone who might not even know that there's a farmer's market three blocks from their house so so our mission at Foodwell Alliance we are a collaborative network of local leaders working together to build thriving community gardens and urban farms and so what does that mean well at the core of our alliance we believe two things we believe that food is a tool it's a powerful tool to build community and that thriving gardens and farms really strengthen the heart of cities so you know a food system is pretty large even a local food system you know kind of crosses the region when you can get hyper-local food right in your neighborhood or nearby, not only do you cut the distance from where the food, you know, travel, which is a, you know, a climate thing, it's all sorts of, you know, environmental, you know, data to, to support that, but you also cut the mileage of your connection to to the person that grew that food. And I think I think it's all interconnected. So we talk about our health and all all of the data around food deserts and health disparities, and it's like at the end of the day, all of that is connect, is is dependent on our connection to each other, and into the land. And so, when you think about local food or hyper local food, this these are places that you can go and find yourselves. You can go and take a workshop. You can go to a farmers market and do a cooking class. You can meet the person growing the food, and you can meet other people. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, we need those spaces. Um, in our lives, I mean, especially in urban and even suburban areas where it's stressful, mm-hmm. um, and having those spaces um, is is pretty critical. That's our message at Foodwell Alliance, and I, and we think that in order for farms and gardens to be viable, to be not just a fad, to be these permanent spaces, kind of like parks and green space, then we're going to really have to mobilize resources for them. We're going to have to raise awareness to for the community. 
And we're also going to have to probably work with local governments to start to plan for gardens and farms in their development. And that means a policy agenda as well. So mm. um, it's um, we have a lot of momentum, to be mm. honest. I mean, I think having a director of urban ag was sort of an indicator that we are on the right path yeah. um, in terms of why food is so important to Metro Atlanta. Yeah. Sometimes people just need to be told, you know, hey, this is important and this is why you should care, you know, and um, I think uh, it's it's amazing, you know, to to be able to visit with a farmer who lives in Roswell and then yeah. it makes Metro Atlanta feel that much smaller. I mean, as right. large of an area as it really is, you know, it's funny, you know, people talk about, you know, I live in parts of, you know, Cobb County sure. or, you know, even even Roswell, I mean, right. Al- Alpharetta, like, yeah. oh, we're going to travel to Atlanta. like you're not driving four hours to get to it. It's like a 35 minute drive. I know. And down 400, you're going to pass like 19 Chick-fil-A's, you know, it's, uh, sorry. There's actually There's no 54, <laughs> 54 cities in the five county region. That's unreal. Isn't that funny? Like that needs to be a really uh, great infographic for people to actually see because it's, um, it, when, when even just looking at Fulton County, the amount of, of land that that encompasses is so big. Like if, yeah. you, if you actually look at a county, which most people might not look at, like they might not look at or actually look up until there's like an election, you know, like, sure. oh, where is my county? <laughs> <laughs> or like, where, who am I? Actually, <laughs> which, <laughs> where do I need to go to the DMV? <laughs> um, but uh, but it's, it's, it's incredible how much Fulton County like runs like east, west, and then like spans north yeah. and like what is actually touched. Like it's a ton of space. It is. It's a lot of space. And and the fact that we do have sort of municipalities, like we have 54 different local governments, is actually an opportunity. Because then, you know, if you live in, you mentioned Alpharetta or, um, you know, I live in Decatur, you go straight to to them to say, you know what, we want a farmer's market. We want a garden. We want a farm. And, um, and, or we want composting. I mean, that's another opportunity that we have is let's keep our waste local. Let's return our food scraps back into the soil. Well, you know who makes those decisions about keeping that legal is is your local government. And so mm-hmm. I think we have a huge opportunity. It is funny, though, that, you know, we have such neighborhood and city pride um, and don't like to kind of sort of like collectively claim our ATL collective experience when you're in Cobb County or, or Fulton or DeKalb. Totally. Yeah. But we are. Yeah. We're, the perimeter, yeah, perimeters. Uh, it, you you can drive, you know, past it. You can come in, and I guess also on my side, I can go out. You know, like I need to go outside the perimeter more. But like, hey, this yeah. place is actually pretty cool. But, <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is um, I've got this like dopey saying. Um, maybe it's actually cool. I just say dopey, but it's you know people who are making Atlanta the greatest city for eaters. And I've mm. you know kind of looked at that as look at all these great restaurants that right. we have to eat at, you know, right. like look at all this amazing, right. you know, food that we get to claim as like, it's Atlanta and Atlanta chef and Atlanta, you know, whatever, yes. uh, you know, food hall, whatever. But, um, it's, uh, it's becoming so much more than that. And, um, I, uh, to, to throw that your guys way, you guys are doing a, a huge, hmm. a huge service to the city of, urban agriculture is not a myth. It's not right. something that does not exist here in Atlanta. Um, and um, you guys are totally a part of that. I appreciate that because to be honest, how I really even got into food beyond my my growing up in Miami and, and connecting there is, 
is through the culinary. I mean, I loved food. I loved the restaurant scene. I love Grant Park Farmer's Market. I, you know, and certainly I have my experiences growing food in, in, in other countries. But um, I, it was like, I could see the, the difference it made when I ate well. And that was my angle. And I think, you know, w- they should get the credit and they do, but the restaurants and the chefs are amazing. And it's all, it's one piece, right? right. And, and that's kind of what's neat about seeing the movement grow is it's let's make our farmers kind of, you know, famous too. Because <laughs> yeah. cause they are, they're the badasses. They're the ones like in the toiling in the sun every day and growing that perfect, you know, herb or carrot or whatever it is that the chefs are able to present. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And um, it's hard work. And um, they need health insurance and they need housing mm-hmm. and they need all sorts of things that we're trying to provide them. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think it's, I love Atlanta because of our food scene, because of the restaurants. Um, you know, I was just at Lazy Betty for my birthday, which is, we were just there a few weeks ago. Really? Well, and I had Ron on the podcast. I know. That's why I mentioned it. Yeah. So getting to like talk to him about, you know, stuff like the final table yeah. and growing up here and yeah. you know, living in New York and, um, but then actually seeing so many pictures of like, the the cuisine and the stories that are told oh through each gosh. of these dishes and actually sitting at the chef's counter and like just oh my gosh. watching all this stuff happen like so it, amazing it was a, a dream it was a, it was a really yeah. fun experience yeah. and it's just it was it, it it makes you appreciate like all of the details that everybody is doing um you know or, or just actually executing for every little thing that you're about to eat yeah it's so i know fascinating and, and if you go to one of our farmers i mean any one of them will will pick up you know uh, that herb or that that vegetable with just the same kind of care that the chefs do when they mm-hmm. when they and and that's what's so beautiful about my the position I'm in is yeah. that I get to see all of that and I don't I you know I don't know I, I don't know if the growers get enough attention of, of how delicate and and careful and passionate they are about everything that they do um, but at the same time I think it's our opportunity and we're talking about it so yeah. it's a good start yeah for sure um, this has been so much fun. And with like the last minute or so here, where can people find out more about Foodwell Alliance and the work that you guys are doing? And what else would you leave us with, Kim? Mm. So foodwellalliance.org is absolutely um, an, a way to find us on our website and then at Foodwell Alliance on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And um, and yeah, keep keep in touch with us there we are an alliance which basically means that we are representing more or less everything that's going on with urban ag so we're launching a new website this summer and it's going to be a lot more interactive so that you can find all of those farmers markets you can find all the the community gardens you can find you know where your local urban farmer is is living and, and and growing and so um i think you know we have opportunities all the time, whether it's a workshop or an event like our soil festival, um, where we bring communities out for free to come and connect with where their food comes from, um, have an on-farm or on-garden experience, and and make it fun, like not some, you know, parochial horticultural experience, but but it's just as cool as art or music or the the restaurant scene you know, come back to the land a little bit and, and make that a part of our sort of lived experience in Atlanta. And I think that's um, that's my message is, um, you know, if you eat, you are a part of the movement. That's what we say. And we, you know, we want to build that community. We want people to come and, 
we want to showcase our growers because they're really the rock stars. Yeah. Be cool and support your local farmers and take your kids and your neighbors to your local farmer's market. So, Kim, this was so much fun. Thank Thank you. you for being on the show. Thank you so much. Many thanks go out to Kim for joining me for this episode. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Foodwell Alliance and their mission, head to foodwellalliance.org and definitely check out a lot of their programs, what they do with local farming workshops, a lot of their events. It's really, really awesome. And I definitely encourage you guys to get involved. This podcast is recorded all over our beautiful city and edited over on the east side of town by me, your host. Hello again. Our design is headed up by JJ Getz. And if you like what you hear, you can support the show right now on Patreon for just $5 a month. I'm your host, Ben Getz, and you've been listening to the Atlanta Foodcast. Stay hungry. <laughs>